All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a special edition. This is a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that started Sunday. Today, Jared is not here. He is under the weather. And so I get to be the host today, and I'm here with John McCambridge. What's up, Joel? And uh, we're we're uh, we're this is episode forty for us. Wow, that's a significant uh, number. Forty. Yeah, that that's that's worth celebrating. I feel like we should. Yeah, we should have some kind of festivities occurring right now. I feel like we some like champagne. right now. Oh, champagne. champagne yeah, maybe. I don't know. I know we should. I, What's I, wrong with Jared? Where is he? Jared, his his ear hurts. Is this a severe illness? His throat hurts. He has to go and get antibiotics. You know, whenever somebody's sick on, on our uh, church staff, Wes, who's on our church staff, uh, claims that they have the common cold. Yeah, oh, you got the common cold? <laughs> Just why so, don't you go so, home and take a nap? So I'm filling in for Jared today because he has the common cold. Yeah. A little tickle in his throat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm excited know, to be here. Y'all haven't been invited onto this podcast. You haven't yet. been on the rest no. yet. Uh, I mean, I was on the previous iteration of the yeah. rest, but this current iteration of the rest, I've never been on. Jared never invited me on. I don't think well, you know, we've talked about you a lot. Well, I because I've heard we talk about, about breaking the laptops. Oh well, yeah. That. <laughs> but by, we, the, by the way, the last episode I listened to of the rest, I, I think Jared claimed that um, that there were no such thing as markers like 15 years. It ago. It was bizarre. What's he doing? Uh, he acted like that was a new thing, <laughs> a and I tried to just let him go with it, but I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> My character would not. I'm like, Your I remember, integrity. I had these when when I was five. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's He's just because he has little kids. Remember when there were no such thing as markers? You were like, no, no, I don't, I don't. ever remember a what time when there were no markers and what that meant. <laughs> well, now you can wash them. You could always wash them. That was the whole. That was the whole deal. Uh, well. So here we are. Um, it's a good, you know, this may end up be being the last rest episode of the year. Of the year. Might be, mm. probably. We'll probably come in first of the year and do the recap of Christmas and New Year's. And um, so episode 40, last of the year, 2023. How's your year been, man? It's been good. It feels like it went fast. You know how they say when you get older, like the time starts to go faster? I think that's true. <sighs> Old people say that the days are long, but the years, but the are, years short. are short. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it was just summer. And it, then it feels like I was just talking to people in our church about their kids going back to school. And now the year's over. I agree. It's kind of jumping. The, the, the weather made the summer feel way longer mm, because it was warm. nice really nice yeah. in the early part of october yeah and then it was really nice for like a week and a half or 10 days in the month of november yeah like 65 degrees nice yeah and then it just went and now it's so cold my dog won't go outside <laughs> she just like diva she sniffs the cold air and then she's like meh i'm like dude that's that's truly what about True. Ricky? Is Ricky good to go outside? Ricky's good to go. He'll go. He, he's such a pain. Honestly, last night I was up with him in the middle of the night. He woke me up, which is good to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Better and than in the living room. I, and, and he gets a little snack in the middle of the night. So I put him out and then he comes inside and gets a snack. And then I put him out again just to make sure he goes to the bathroom. 
And then I get up at 5.30 and I put him out again. He gets his food for the morning and so does Truly. He eats his food and then I put him out again. So four times within about four and a half hours, I put the dog out and then I'm at the gym and Katie says, Ricky pooped in the house. <laughs> and that he has, he's been doing better. He's a puppy, but like yeah. he has not done that. So what's happening, John, mm -hmm. is he just got on the electric fence. It got okay. finished and his training is done. So he's actually like good at it. He yeah. does it and he's good. We can let him out there. No fence. They're good. But uh, it's been so cold. I'm not walking out there with him in the middle of the night to be like, come on out here, go yeah. to the bathroom and then rewarding him with a treat when he goes in the yard. So I think he's kind of just going out there. And then just walking back in. Yeah, if no, if there's no treat. There's, there's no, no tree. He's like man. waiting he's not, for not, what's next. So it's I gotta. You might just have to, to start walking outside. I have to put on clothes though. Yeah. It's just too much. Anyway, it's cold. Uh, so and then it's Christmas. Yeah, which the last part of the year, like when you're when you work in the church world, is just like accelerates so it's fast crazy. from like November to December. So. Yeah, it's Christmas. This is, I mean, we're recording this the week before our Christmas Eve services. Yeah, what's today? Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Christmas is five days away. Five days away. So, did you ask for anything for Christmas? No. No, I, I, don't, I don't really get presents anymore. We buy presents for our nieces and nephews, yeah. and uh, Jenna and I aren't giving each other presents this year. Yeah. So Now, is that is that for real, or is it like a, a, a fake? Yeah. You, you got to have something, right? No, no, this is for real. Are you going to not have anything or will you have a little something? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe like, maybe like a little, you know, like, like I'll have like a card and, and make like flowers, but, but this was like a, but this was a budgetary issue. No, no, we, so we're doing the same thing. We decided like for real, because of budget, we're not buying each other presents. Yes. Cause you know, like when you start to, when you, you start like to go down the road, buy you start to present, you want to buy them the present. And then that you they spend want. a couple hundred bucks and it's right. too much. At the, at the least. You can't get, yeah, it gets crazy. Yeah. So, so we, and, and I looked her in the eye and I said, this isn't one of those things. Okay, good. Okay? Like you're, uh, well, you're not, I'm not going to not have a present for you on Christmas. You're going to be mad at me. And she said, no, this is budgetary. Yeah. Katie asked me, so will you, like, will you be upset if you don't have a, a present to open on a Christmas morning? <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I won't. I, I don't. <laughs> talk to you like you're a child. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, we, no, will you but be it's okay? fair because when you have expectations or whatever, if it, if you don't talk about it, Christmas usually doesn't bother me though. But like sometimes I think, I think I've had my feelings hurt on a birthday. Yeah, sure. When, you know, one thing led after, after the other, where like suddenly it's just like my birthday didn't even yeah. happen. And I was like, man, you know, it just kind of feels like it went by and no one cared. But I guess that's the kind of stuff you say to your wife or if you're kind of a baby. <laughs> Do you remember for your for your fortieth birthday? It was actually weird. Was, I think it was during COVID. Were you born in eighty? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it was right during COVID. But there was a little. I remember there being a little reprieve from the yeah public. Yeah. We were because we, we were, were actually able office. to go, and we actually were able to go to lunch. We did go to lunch, but do you remember that we got you we got you forty uh, double cheeseburgers from McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> yep. Maybe Katie's got like a bunch of cheeseburgers I for know, Christmas I, for I you. Don't know. I don't really want anything. No, not even cheeseburgers. I do kind of get what I want to get and then I yeah, have fair, it. Fair. You know, not everything, but I'm kind of like, I, I know it's more fun to get for kids. It's more fun to watch them. It really is. Yeah. 
This actually might lead into what we're talking about. I don't know, but you, your story about Redding is so funny about her not about being the, able to sleep. Oh, you guys, you got to tell that story. Yeah, she wants these ponies. They're these like the only way I can describe them. They're like a French name, so it's like Lemieux or Lumiere oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Ponies, and you can go look them up. And I don't know anything about them. I've seen a picture of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my impression of them is that they are kind of like the American girl doll of ponies yeah. because they come with this, all the tack. The tack is all the stuff, you know, the oh, saddle pad sure. and the saddle and the reins. And, and it's all very much um, as real as, you know, it could be just like with those American girl dolls, all yeah. the little accessories and stuff that you actually have to put on them and whatever. So she just really, she rides horses once a week and loves that. And she's like gone up another level and she's starting to, oh, she's just, she's starting to do the thing. I can't, I'm never going to know what it's called, but it's like cashmere or something like, ah, I'm going to mess it up where like the horse kind of trots like yeah. higher like that. So she's doing that. That's horrible. Someone's going to just blast me for whatever that's called. <laughs> I don't know what that's called, but um, we apologize to horse. I apologize to the horse community. She told me, and I'm like, I have no idea what that is. So she showed me a video of it. She's very into it. And then she wants these L Lumiere ponies is how it sounds when she says it to me. And so one night, you know, she is supposed to be asleep for like an hour. And yeah. she comes into our room and she's just like, I can't sleep. And she does the like, I'm already crying. But yeah. also, I'm going to cry a lot more as soon as I get this out. Yeah. I'm, I can't sleep. Why? Why can't you sleep? What's going on? I'm just afraid I'm not going to get my little air bonus. This is called the fortifying yeah. her request to Santa. Just to make I'm sure. just like, hey, listen, I can call him and make sure that it, you're going to get at least one. And she's like, you can? Yeah. If you go to bed. If you go to bed. Stop bothering me. Because remember, you know, like, he's going to find out. <laughs> he's watching <laughs> He's <you>. watching you. <laughs> right now. <laughs> he's watching you. And uh, it's just funny. They're funny. And then, you know, the other day, she was crying again about Christmas. And really, it's just she's tired and her brothers are annoying or something. And it all happens. Yeah. And uh, um, so I... I I told her, I said, hey, <clears throat> actually, last night I got a voicemail from Santa. You did? Yeah. And he told me that the one is for sure. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And she like, he was excited and she fell asleep. And then the next morning, <laughs> it was funny. She goes, hey, uh. Can I hear the voicemail? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's one of those voicemails that it disappears after a minute. <laughs> and she was like, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that is what Santa does. That is. That is. So. It, it definitely disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I mean, Christmas is, with little kids, it's fun. Mm. It makes it more fun. So, um, and obviously there's a part of that and uh, about kids and just their wonder and their belief, uh, you know, and, and the idea that something that they can't see is affecting the way that they live their lives. It's kind of an interesting exercise in mm. faith.
And then uh, this time of year, you know, as church leaders, our job is to really instill in people the, I think, the appropriate disposition towards Christ in our lives and um, his arrival then, his future arrival. And and so that's kind of what we do. Mm. And we started to, we started to add into a little bit of our church rhythm, a day of prayer in church on Sunday. Yeah. So we did it a couple of, maybe a month or so ago. And then we did it this last week, December 17th, we did it. <clears throat> and, and I led the church through the Lord's prayer. We prayed it. Mm-hmm. And then um, we also kind of sat and I led them through just the sections of the prayer and kind of helped them blossom those out and tease them out into what it can mean as a launch pad for a further type of prayer. Uh, The Lord's prayer, you know, is obviously something that is been studied and is richly, um, you know, admired by people, even that don't even like know God, like they know the Lord's prayer or, you know, you grow up saying the Lord's prayer and, um, and so we we had a really nice time of just spending the whole service in prayer and then asking for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't teach a whole lot on the Lord's Prayer. What What is your kind of 30,000-foot teaching on the Lord's Prayer? I know that you've taught on it a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the baseline of it is I just think it's kind of interesting because— uh, it's like the thing in the Bible, in the life of Jesus, where his disciples said, teach us how to pray. And he says, okay, pray like this. Yeah. So it really is like a ubiquitous prayer that every that a lot of people know. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up in church. And for some reason, I I knew the Lord's Prayer. Right. From, from my mom or from my dad or from you hear when it I in a in movie Catholic or you, you go yeah. to church and they say it every time, even if you've only been there 10 times. Right. Um, and so I, I just think like, you know, sometimes in like our tradition, we think that prayer needs to be spontaneous and from the heart and just mm-hmm. like overflowing with, you know, whatever you want to ask from God or whatever you think about God. Uh, but I always, you know, tell people that if you don't know what to pray, you should pray the prayer that Jesus told you yeah, to pray. Right. And so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you, uh, uh, as you went through the sections, you know, you stopped and kind of meditated on every section and expounded upon what it means to say our father. Right. And what it means to say that he's in heaven uh, and what it means to say that his name is holy. Yeah. And so even though a lot of people know the Lord's Prayer, a lot of people have never really stopped and sat and meditated on just the the intense, you know, beauty of what it is that Jesus mm-hmm. is saying. Like you, you would have to imagine that when Jesus says, pray like this and then says a short prayer that it's like packed with, yeah, meaning and right. it is yeah. right in in beauty. So, it's almost like he's setting the param- like the parameters and the boundary for for prayer. It's like these are the things that like this this is the foundation. This is what matters. You know, if you're going to talk to God, like you need these truths to become mm. real in your life. You know, you need to understand mm-hmm. that God is your Father. So right. you need to say that, and you need to tell him that you need to remind yourself of that because what does it mean if you really believe and live as if God is your father? Yeah. That's a massive idea for people. So he's like setting these like almost like stakes in the ground of like, these are the things 
you know, and I even think they can be, you know, more generic. I mean, when you start talking about forgiving people and, and all of that, you're, you know, you're getting into the reality of the ability to love people because, you know, if you think about the inverse of forgiveness is not forgiveness, which means you don't, you don't, you don't like somebody Mm -hmm. and you, you know, you have a hard time it's hard to love somebody intentionally if you don't forgive them or you have some type of problem with them. Yeah. So we love these people in our lives and that's part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. But it's like, no, you also need to figure out how to love the people who, yeah. you know, have this mountain of debt in your mind or yeah. whatever. Because you're either, you're either going to forgive them and open the door to reconciliation or you're going to go down the progression of resentment yeah. and that kind of bitterness and poison. So. I heard somebody uh, say that they think that the Lord's Prayer is Jesus's like very concise summary of the entire Psalter, mm. like all of the Psalms. Mm. You think about like everything that is prayed about in the Psalms, yeah, and it's kind of like recognition of mm-hmm. God, talking about Him, yeah, heaven, heavenly realms, yeah, um, giving us our daily bread, what we need, mm-hmm. um, uh, deliverance. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the Psalms are about deliverance. And, uh, you know, I, I always think it's interesting that Jesus is just con- constantly quoting the yeah, Psalms or the referencing yeah. or alluding to the Psalms. Uh, and, and there's definitely like some passages outside of the Psalms that he is obviously are on his mind uh, in terms of his mission, but so much of his life yeah. is just based in the in the Psalms of, of David. And uh, so I, th- I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. I've never really explored it theologically. Yeah, that's interesting because also the idea of the Psalms is this idea that they're prayers mm-hmm. that are the word of God. Right. Right. So it's like in the right. scriptures, but they're prayers yeah. that we're supposed to pray to God that are the word of God, which is what the Lord's prayer right. is. Right. It's it's the word of God. Yeah. But it's a prayer. Mm-hmm. That's it's just yeah, that it that that does to me that structure of it matches because you we believe the Psalms are God breathed. Mm-hmm. David right. is praying. And you can often just kind of watch it, but the way that the Holy Spirit, I believe, did all that is to not just have us watch it, but to like walk it, like live it, yeah. like 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 use it as a as a not always maybe, but as a springboard for yeah a kind of holistic conversation and breadth that we can have with God, yeah which David and some of the others definitely do. Yeah. I think that the uh the other like interesting thing kind of about the sequence of him telling his disciples how to how to pray. I heard uh somebody say this on a on a podcast that was talking about prayer. And they said that uh there's there's no recorded reference in the Bible of the the disciples asking him to teach them how to preach or to teach. Uh, yeah, that's a great. Right. Yeah. And so it what what the guy was saying, uh, his name's John Tyson. He's a pastor in New York, but he was saying that uh, that it's it's the question is not something Jesus brings up. His disciples are responding to his life, mm. like they're watching him pray, and they're like devout Jews, so they know how to pray. They know the Psalms, and yet they go to Jesus and they ask him, like, teach us to pray. You know, the insinuation is like you. Yeah, which is fascinating because he's preaching. Yeah, because it's in the Sermon it's on in the, the Sermon Mount. On the Mount, right? And you would think that they would go, "Man, teach us how to like how to teach." 
you know, to teach and preach, but they ask how to pray. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like, really it's good. Just, it's like a response to his intimacy with God, you know, his conversation and de- devotion to prayer. Yeah, we want, we want what you, what you exhibit in this world. And obviously they had a certain um, reverence and understanding and value of prayer in general mm-hmm. and knew it was important. But the fact that, that that's the thing they want to know mm-hmm. is that is really, that's a great perspective. Mm-hmm. So we also said um, and started doing it this week. We've been praying mm-hmm. at 5.14 p.m. Yeah. as a church um, leading up to Christmas services. Just everybody, you know, setting their alarms or whatever for six days before our Christmas service, which which is interesting, will be, you know, the seventh day will be at five. 14 p.m. will be during the service. Yeah. But uh, that's uh, what, how would you define the significance of that type of unity? Mm. So, just to clarify for anyone, I challenged the church for six days starting Sunday to pray for basically at 5 14 p.m. Uh, it can be a minute or, or longer or, or shorter, but uh, with kind of the theming and the driving force and direction for the prayer being Emmanuel, mm-hmm. right? We're thanking God for being with us. We're praying for those that don't have God in their lives, mm-hmm. that he would be with them. I mean, you know, you can go anywhere you want with that, but but that's the general idea. How would you describe the significance of that type of mm. unity or prayer? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it, it makes sense, especially in context of the Lord's Prayer, because all of the all of the Lord's prayers in the, the plural personal pronoun, right? So it's us, us yeah. and our. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the, uh, I had a seminary professor, which, you know, I don't want to take this too far, but he used to say that um, you are not the bride of Christ. The church Churches, is the bride yeah, of Christ. Right. You are a member of the body. Right. And so um, the, the church is, you know, in local churches are supposed to have, you know, some kind of unified expression of worship, which is why we come together on Sundays and do the things that we do. But to then take that rhythm outside of the church and uh, to make, you know, I think that that's important, first of all, right? To to do it together. Like there's something powerful. You said somebody told you that they they did it in their car and they had to like, they are crying. Yeah. Yeah. Someone texted me and was like, thank you for prompting the 5.14 p.m. I was driving and... Mm you know, I don't normally pray and I prayed and, you know, I was emotional. And I think that's, uh, I think that to get people to pray out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Is a big, big step for people. Yes. But there's almost that, you know, strength in numbers. Right. And that's like, you know, I think sometimes in our rhythm, it can feel like you come to church and then you leave church. So to do something outside of church with the church is I think a powerful thing that, that people get to, to, to experience in this. And that means something. And then I would say to uh, interrupt your day yeah, to focus on God mm-hmm. is one of the most important spiritual disciplines that we can have. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's like you get this idea about rhythms of life where it's like, you know, uh, make, you know, the, on the one hand, it's like, you know, have your kids not play sports and just have them in church all the time. Yeah. And, you know, you know, stop doing all these things and and come to church or right. listen to worship music or whatever. And it's like, you know, uh, I, I think that the most important thing is that within the daily routine of your life, 
that there are moments where you stop yeah. and you look to God. Right. And so like, you know, a minute in the grand scheme of things feels like not a lot. And yet it's very impactful. It is. Not just because the whole church is doing it, but because you're stopping what you're doing. Like, you know, I was, I was cooking uh, dinner and I, and I stopped, you know, and had to let, and like mm-hmm. push the, the thing off the stove so that it didn't burn. Burn, right? yeah. And you stop. Somebody said they pulled over in their car. You yeah. were at a basketball game. Yeah, I was you, at a basketball game. Your kid's basketball game. You yep. prayed out loud during Yeah. That. I was and, like, hey, Katie, will you pray with me? She's like, sure. Yeah. And like, we're sitting there and like, I mean, we weren't really close to a bunch of people, but like we we prayed. Yeah. And it was definitely like, you, you go to a, I mean, you just go to a different place because right. you're just like in your moment and you're wherever you are. Another person actually reached out and said, we prayed right while we were making dinner like you. And then all these people, and you know, people are interesting. It doesn't appear that they need a ton mm-hmm. of, you know, goading, mm-hmm. you know, they, they want to pray, yeah. you know, just give us a little bit of direction and unity. And, yeah. um, you know, so I'm excited for what that does in the individual hearts of people as they maybe start to cultivate, more of that in their life. Someone actually, one of our worship leaders said, I love the 514 PM thing. Like we should do it every year. Yeah. And I said, that's a good idea. He said, even if like the church doesn't, we're going to our mm. family. Mm. Just like a moment to stop. So yeah, it's very cool. It is cool. Um, uh, let's see. I, I wanted to, we want, uh, we want, if you're, if you're a listener and uh, you you know, you're hearing this today. We want to know if you have anything that you would like us to pray for. Mm. You know, we would love for you to send an email in to the rest at 514church.com. You can even email Joel or Jared at 514church.com and just say, I have a prayer request. Um, We have a whole team of people that pray and our staff would pray. But if you have anything um, that's going on, um, one of the things I hit on this Sunday is the sentiment that Christmas is like a magnifying glass mm-hmm. in your life, which I love. I love that's so true. It's yeah. it's very well put. I don't know who said that first. The first pla- place I heard was Craig Rochelle said that. And the magnifying glasses, you know, you get to this moment in in your year that has such obvious intrinsic value yeah. that you kind of reflect it causes you to reflect it's like it stands alone this is a beautiful time of year mm-hmm. you know whether we understand the true richness and significance of it or not it's so culturally embedded into what we do that it, it changes our lives everybody's off everybody yeah. goes somewhere everybody stops whatever for the most part yeah and so when that's all going on it causes us to look like what's my life like yeah do i like my life am i happy um, you know, like new romances, you know, kind of bud during yeah. Christmas. It can be a very romantic time of year. It can be like a heartbreaking time of year, you family know, stuff. family stuff. We were, I was actually talking with some guys at the gym this morning and there's a guy at our gym who just recently went through a divorce mm. and uh, there was a gathering for a birthday party the other day and found out that there were three other divorces mm. in the gym. Mm-hmm. That nobody, you know, nobody really knew. It's yeah. like, man, so people, so you get to that and you have children involved and 
that can just be so painful this time of year. Yeah. So it can, it can magnify, it is a magnifying glass. So if it's, things are good, they look better. If things are bad, they can look really bad. They just get bigger. Yeah. So if you have something that you would want us to pray for or to celebrate with you as you go through this time of year, something that God is doing in your life or that you, you, you're experiencing um, in your life because of your commitment to Christ and your fellowship of him and what that looks like, then please let us know and we'll pray yeah. um, for you. And um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, one of the things that I want, you know, our, our church to be known for is like, if you're a part of this church, there's all kinds of things that happen here that are great. But like, if you're a part of the church, you will be prayed for. Yeah. Specifically, you ask for it. Right. But even if you don't, you know, that we have a culture of, yep. of, uh, you know, believing in the power of God in, in prayer and, and that, you know, when, when you raise your voices together to pray that it's like a, a beautiful thing and mm -hmm. to pray for somebody mm -hmm. is like a, a profound act of love. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, if, if you have any requests, like we, we would love, we would love to do that. We mm -hmm. have, like Joel said, a whole team is dedicated to that. So, yeah. yeah. You know, another just thought on prayer is God, you know, he gives the, the illustration of the judge, right. Of yeah. tapping on the door and the persistent ask, widow, the persistent widow and asking for constant, you know, prayer. And so, uh, and there is like a request and like a, you know, um, uh, what's the word in the, in the Bible, a supplication kind mm -hmm. of reality to our prayers, which I think is okay. It's a part of it. You know, we're, part of asking for something from God is, is a very clear picture that he's God and you're not. Right. So I don't right. think that it bothers God when we ask him for right. things. I think it, it, it's a, it's a very almost, it may be the most crystallized expression of your understanding of who he is and who you're not, mm. which is, which is powerful. But it, it obviously, it can't just be that. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, he wants intimacy and right. connection and and all these other pieces that that prayer is. But, um, you know, Jesus like teaches them to pray, like you said, and then you know he tells us to pray, yeah. like keep praying, like you know you 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 don't understand maybe the nature of God, mm. and if you did understand the nature of God, you would pray. Yeah. And it might help you understand his nature more in the prayer. And then you might experience life a whole lot differently. I mean, that that idea of the persistent widow is mm -hmm. it's this judge or whatever, and she just keeps on annoying him mm -hmm. and he's annoyed. And yet he still gives her the answer that she's looking for. And Jesus basically says, this is like an annoying, whatever, maybe even pagan judge or something. Someone doesn't fear God or- Yeah, I mean, that's what he says, yeah. Something that does, someone doesn't fear God. And what about your father? Or what about a God who actually really loves you yeah. when you bother him enough? You know, so that's a very like, uh, that is like a, um, almost like an insanely intense plea yeah. from Jesus to say, please bug me. Yeah, yeah. Like, call me. Like, yeah. I want you to talk to me a lot. Like, bug me. Like, you know, don't you see? Like, that's the way it works. Like, if you want something in life, you go and bug somebody. Right. And even if they're annoyed, you know, but like, I'm like Amazon. Like, I'm like the best <laughs> customer service. Like, I, I want to help you. Right. Which again, it's not all about receiving something, but even even just the act of going to God and yeah. asking him and, and engaging with him in that way um, is, is a way to honor God. So, Pray more, I think, is is a big piece of what yeah. Jesus is getting at that. 
so we can do that. Because uh, to go to go to him, like you said, is like an act of submission. Yeah. Because think about what it says about your relationship with God, understanding of God, knowledge of God. If you're like, I'm not going to pray because he can't do anything or he doesn't care about me enough or my problem's not big enough. You know, inherent in all of those things is actually like really bad theology. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's like a vending machine who'll give you what you want, what you think you want. But to say, I'm not going to pray because, because, and then basically any reason that you lay out is going to, is going to end up being like not true about God. And so, yeah, I think that the persistent widow is a great story. And I think the idea too of prayer and getting answers is not always like getting something. It's getting answers, getting Mm -hmm. direction, getting help, getting wisdom, getting whatever it is that you need. And I do believe that, uh, God answers prayer. Yeah. So I don't that I don't believe that means you always get your request, but it means that he does, you know, I mean, James, I think, says, you know, if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Yeah. And, 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 and he also says the prayer of a righteous person avails or is successful or yeah. accomplishes much or something like that. So, I mean, there's this idea that like, yeah, like lean in and he leans back. And that's like even within the structure of the Lord's Prayer, Heard somebody say that the Lord's Prayer does not begin with asking for someone. It begins with looking at someone. Looking at someone, yeah. Our Father. Right. So it, within the progression of the prayer, they do start to yeah, ask for yeah. things. But you start. But the initial that. thing is yeah. just the fact that, like, imagine that you can actually talk to God. Right. I mean, and and that God, who you know, our Father in heaven, is yeah. just quite remarkable. It, and I have to tell you that um, as um, you know, anecdotal as this can be, when you have kids, um, they do ask you for stuff all the time, but they don't always address you as dad. Mm. And when they do, Mm. it is a very clear um, orientation that's that's being laid out. Mm -hmm. Dad, mom, hey, dad. What does that mean? What that means in my ears is like, he's telling me who he, who he is. Mm. He's telling me who I yeah. am. Yeah. And it all, and so here comes the, the, the need. It may not be a request, but here comes the like, I need you mm-hmm. because of who you are. Yeah. And when you call him father, you're saying I'm your I'm your kid. And it just, it, it pleases you. Like there's yeah. something about it. You're like, oh, I want you to see me yeah. as your dad right. because, you know, I want to supply or nurture or comfort or, you know, and, and really in everything, even if it's just intimacy, that's just God supplying something to us mm-hmm. that uh, if we don't draw near, maybe we won't experience the way that we're supposed to. Anyway, so it, yeah, it's a great, great time to pray. We pray that lots of people meet uh, meet Christ through our services, uh, follow Christ, um, and are, are kind of drawn into the narrative. But uh, I wanted to just challenge everybody to invite people to our Christmas services. Yeah. Uh, why not? We have Christmas services on Saturday at 5 p.m. and then Sunday at 10 a.m. and and 3 p.m. and mm-hmm. 5 p.m. on Sunday on the 24th. So there's four times to come. Obviously, there's child care at all of those things and and you know kids things going on. So, um, I don't know. Y- you know, during the Christmas season, I'm busy like everybody else. Um, 
basketball games and everything. You know, my wife works full time. So we're, we're, we're busy. Mm -hmm. And, um, so are you, but I can't imagine that you don't have, or you wouldn't want to say no yeah. to something so that you can come and just like, yeah, just be drawn into this beautiful narrative yeah. and, and do something, you know, come through the Christmas season and go, that mattered. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we end up doing. They were like, that, that didn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. Right. That was really just like, that was like a filler. Yeah. There's lots of that. There's lots of filler, but this is not. So come to that. And we, you know, one of the things that, that we believe in practice is that like the incarnation is like what maybe the most beautiful thing that's ever happened. Yeah. So one of the things we try to do is we try to make our Christmas Eve services beautiful. Yeah. For the sake of beauty. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like a sales technique where it's like come to Christmas and yeah. see that we're like a cool church that no, does yeah. cool things. It's like, no. The incarnation is beautiful. So right. the lights, the music, yeah. the things that we, you know, the stories that we tell, the songs that we sing, it's supposed to be beautiful because yeah. it's supposed to convey the the that aspect yeah. of what what it is that we're celebrating. Yeah. And so uh, I think every every Christmas Eve service, I think we all are always like that, like it's for personal. our own personal worship, even yeah. though we work for the church, it's like that was beautiful. Yeah. That was that was meaningful. We got some regular good old fashioned. Christian Christmas carols. Yep. And I think a, a worship song or two that are just incredibly, mm. al you know, aligning for Christmas mm. time. And I'm going to talk about angels yeah. and who they really are and what that means for our lives and how they show up in the Christmas story. So um, that's it for now. That's it for 2023. Yeah. John, you want to say a prayer and then we'll be done. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Yeah. Uh, Father, uh, we, 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 uh, First of all, it is quite remarkable that we have the ability to come to you at all. And the fact that we get to approach you boldly uh, is something that we just, first of all, give you thanks for. And so uh, we, we, we love you and we, uh, you know, give us the, the heart to celebrate the story of your incarnation, the story of you becoming flesh and blood to, to the best of, uh, of our abilities, to make it a priority, to make it something that matters in our lives and you know all of the things that get magnified in this season all the pain and the hurt uh, God be with us and comfort us and give us peace in that uh, and uh, all of the the, the travels that, that require safety God be with us um, uh, walk with us and protect us and uh, you know allow us to see the uh, the beautiful reality that that uh, there are there are angels who are singing the praise of, of you who became flesh and blood. And yet we as flesh and blood are to be uh, brought above them in the heavenly realms to, to rule and to judge the angels and the divine counsel of God at, at, at the right hand of the, the father and the son. And so uh, we, we, we thank you for that God. And, and we just ask that, that we feel your presence and, and that your Holy spirit comes upon us this Christmas season uh, for everybody who doesn't know you uh, lead, lead them towards you, God, in your grace and mercy. And for those of us who, who do know you, turn our hearts fully towards you and take the, the parts of our lives that have not yet been purified by the Spirit and, and, and uh, allow us to turn in those ways towards you as well, God. We love you and we thank you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, before I sign off, come to church in January. <clears throat> We're going to start a series. I'm going to talk about humility. Mm. Um beginning with humility, humble beginnings. 
And um, obviously that's going to be a, good, a great way to start your year because we're going to talk about pride. And uh, you don't want to start anything with pride yeah. because pride comes before the fall. So let's, uh, let's talk about that and be there. And that's it for 2023. So we'll see you in 24. This is the rest. Hopefully Jared gets some rest. See you next time.